0: Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I'm here with my good buddy, Bebop, Robomogo, Wanatron. What's going on, Bebop? Hello, Jonathan. What? No beatboxing today,
1: Bebop? Not today, Jonathan. I received a few videos from very talented kids beatboxing, and I am studying those very carefully and will debut my progress in a future episode.
0: Spoiler alert. Okay, so you seem very serious today. What's on your mind, Bebop?
1: Jonathan, I received a very interesting email from listener Olivia, who's five and a half and from Birmingham, Alabama, and it really has me thinking a lot about things.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Well, what did it say?
1: Dear Bebop, that's me.
0: I know, Bebop.
1: Have you ever been president on another planet? Love, Olivia, five and a half years old, from Birmingham, Alabama. P.S. Did you ever try to pour Jonathan Messingham's cereal in the potty?
0: Oh, that's a really great first question from Olivia.
1: Yeah, you can see how it has me thinking a lot.
0: Oh, I'm sure, Bebop. You know, that's one thing that we never really talk about. You must miss your home planet so much, and especially after all you did there, and all of your robot family, and- Yes,
1: yes, I think about that. But what I'm really wondering is, why didn't I pour your cereal in the potty? Okay. I mean, I had all these pranks that I pulled, but I never even thought to do that, and that's hilarious.
0: Okay, I I thought we were going to have a real moment here, Bebop.
1: Jonathan, there's nothing more real than a missed opportunity and the disappointment of a prank unpranked.
0: Wow, that is some deep stuff, Bebop. But if you don't mind, we're going to get back to the story now. Today, we're checking back in on Paige, and if you remember what happened the last time we heard from her, she'd escaped from her captors in King Huxley's castle. And she and her new friend, the little furball Nutkin, had just announced to the king and about 50 aliens who were there to recapture her that she'd eaten one of the guards. Of course, we know that wasn't true, But let's see if Paige and Nutkin can finally get off this planet and away from the king in the next episode of The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, A Sticky Situation. Paige and Nutkin ran as fast as they could toward the bright torches of the stadium. The chaos Paige had created by pretending to have chowed down on the king's guards was like nothing she'd ever seen before. Pandemonium! The king and his trumpet aliens had disappeared among the chaos of the crowd of 50 little hairy aliens running this way and that, trumpet aliens blaring trying to get people back into order. But Paige and Nutkin made their way through the bushes away from the crowd, ducking low to avoid being seen. And the going was slow as they repeatedly ducked and waited for someone to run by. Tell me again why we're going to the stadium, said Nutkin. We need to get off this planet, said Paige. There were these rocket sled things there. If we could pilot one of those up to the space station where I'm from, then my mom could help us. But, but, I can't leave my planet, said Nutkin, slowing down.
1: My family lives here. My mom and dad could be back at any moment.
0: I can't just take off to live on a space station. Page stopped and looked at Nutkin. You don't have to live on the Marlowe. You just have to get away from here right now and then let us figure out what to do. I don't know. Nutkin, you were a prisoner. You can either come with me to my space station and get help from people with lots of robots and equipment and ships and whatever you need. Or you can let the stinky guards catch you again, trap you back in that stinky castle again. And either way, I don't think you're going to see your family very soon. Nutkin smiled at Paige. You promise your space station isn't stinky, too? The only sticky place on the Marlowe is my brother Finn's room. Now, come on. The two made their way to the stadium. It was getting more and more difficult to move, with the king eventually learning that Paige hadn't eaten anyone and the guards leading search parties all around the grounds. Eventually, they found themselves crouched behind a bush, only a few feet from the stadium outside the walls. Do, do you know how to get in there? Said Paige. We only ever went in or out through the main gates, but even if we knew how to open them, they'd make way too much noise. The guards would be on us in a second.
1: There's a door around the side there, but it's right between the castle and the stadium. It's how the king moves back and forth, and it's probably locked.
0: Worth a try, said Paige. They crouched and ran low to the ground and ducked behind a tree where they saw the door was guarded. A giant, yeti-looking guard was standing in front of the king's entrance to the stadium. Okay, said Nutkin. It's hair-pulling time. Paige grabbed hold of her friend. She'd noticed something funny about the guard, It was waving its arms around in a strange motion. What is it doing? said Nutkin.
1: It looks like it's combing its hair.
0: Paige instantly knew what was going on. It's the guard who was outside my cell. I gave it that comb. It owes me. Come on, it's payback time. Are you crazy? said Nutkin. You escaped from your cell while that
1: guard was on watch, and you think it's going to help you? The king is probably ready to take it off guard duty and put it on toilet scrubbing.
0: He owes me, said Paige, as she marched out from behind the tree straight at the guard. Hey, you, said Paige. Nice hair. Oh, thank you so much. I've been working really hard. Hey, you're the little prisoner. Get over here. I'm taking you in. But Page was already at the door, tugging at the handle. It's locked, she yelled to Nutkin, and the guard grabbed hold of her shoulders. You can't take me back. I did you a favor, said Paige. Some favor? The king says if I don't bring you in, I'm going to be scrubbing toilets for the next year. Hey! said Nuckin.
1: I think you missed a spot when you were combing.
0: What? said the guard. But Nuckin was already up, pulling loose a handful of the guard's fur.
1: Ha ha, right here. Ow!
0: My hair! My beautiful hair! <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is
0: really soft, said Nuckin. Page was stunned. The guard was on its knees, picking up the hair Nuckin had pulled out and trying to place it back on its body. That's not how hair works, dude. Page and Nuckin could give up on the idea of being a secret now. If there was anyone in the five-mile radius, they would have heard the guards roar. But they needed to find a way into the stadium. They ran as fast as they could around the stadium, away from the castle and the guard. They could hear a crowd starting to gather behind them. They broke back into a small patch of woods, heading away from the stadium. They turned down a path and... A guard coming the opposite way had spotted them. They ran deeper into the woods and doubled back, finding some open space, and... They turned right and followed a quiet path, and... They headed right, and... They came within seconds of being caught, it seemed like a dozen times. The search parties had encircled them and were converging on them, slowly but surely. They managed to find a seam in the defenses and found themselves hiding in a low bush just a few feet from one of the giant walls of the stadium. No door in sight. I'm sorry, said Nutkin. This is all my fault. Pretty much, said Paige. Hey,
1: you're not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to say this is all my fault, and then you say, No, Nutkin, it's not your fault. We're in this together.
0: Well, we are in this together, but you yanking guard hair all the time is all your fault. The two friends were quiet for a moment. Paige wanted to apologize to Nutkin, but she was upset that her friend had acted so impulsively. It was exactly the sort of thing that everyone always said Paige did, which only made her angrier, but she didn't know why. Hey, a little help here. Paige turned to Nutkin. What did you just say? I didn't say anything. A little help here? That wasn't me. Page looked around, trying to find the voice. Up here! She looked up and stuck there to the wall of the stadium was a gum alien. It smiled weakly at the girls. What are you doing up there? said Paige. Weren't you supposed to have gone home already? Oh man, the games are over. They all left without me. What? The games are over? said Paige. Yeah, they've been over for a couple of days now. Oh, no! I tried to parachute down into the stadium, make a grand entrance at the beginning of the games, but I missed. I've been stuck here ever since. So where's your parachute? I am the parachute. It took me three weeks to stretch out enough. And you've just been hanging out there the whole time? Paige was suddenly struck by an idea of how she could help the gum alien, and the gum alien could help them at the same time. You need to get out of here, right? Said Paige. We do too. And the answer for all of us is to get into that stadium. Paige explained her plan to Nutkin, who immediately agreed. The little furball climbed up Paige's back until she was balancing unsteadily on Paige's shoulders. Then she jumped. (laughs) Ha-ha! And... She landed on the gum alien, stuck. Nutkin dangled there, facing Paige, looking like a stuffed animal on a carnival prize board. "'Hey, what's going on here?' said the sticky creature. But Paige reached up and grabbed Nutkin's foot and climbed up until she, too, was glued to the stadium wall by the creature. "'Wow, you're made of really strong stuff,' said Paige. "'I could use you to fix some of my broken toys back on the Marlow.' "'Thank you, I think.' "'Don't thank me yet,' said Paige. She reached down and slowly peeled the lower half of the alien off the wall. Thanks so much. I'm finally free after all these long days. Finally free. And then Paige threw the alien's bottom higher up the wall. Not again. She and Nutkin carefully plucked themselves from the alien, making sure to keep one hand glued to the creature, and then slowly climbed up. Hey, this is my body, you know, said the alien. This isn't exactly comfortable for me. Paige looked down at her gooey spacesuit. It's not pretty for me either, she said. But she repeated the process again, peeling off a bit of the alien from below, holding it up the wall, and then climbing up. Again and again. It wasn't long before they'd made real progress, scaling halfway up the wall. But they could hear guards closing in on them. This is going too slow, yelled Nutkin. She reached down and rolled the gum alien up, so that it looked almost like a baseball bat. A sticky, gooey, gloopy baseball bat with eyes that peered out at them. Excuse me, what do you think you're doing? Here we go, said Nutkin, and she swung the gum alien off the wall and then up above them like a whip. Paige nearly fell, but wrapped her arms and legs around Nutkin.
1: Hold
0: on, said Nutkin. Not much choice, said Paige, and Nutkin jumped up to the top of the gum alien and did the same thing again, whipping it off the wall and then back higher up again and again. Soon, they were standing on the top of the stadium wall. They could see the rocket sleds below, still parked in the middle of the stadium.
1: How are we going to get from here to there?
0: Said Nutkin. We use our parachute, said Paige. They unrolled the gum alien, and each one took one side, running away from each other, stretching the alien out. Ah, that feels really good! They tugged at the creature until the wind started to catch it, nearly blowing them off the wall and then they stretched it just a little bit thinner. Okay, okay, that's far enough, said the alien. I don't want any holes. The two friends counted together. Three, two, one. And they jumped, sailing down off the wall, landing on the lush turf of the stadium. Page and Nuckin were fine, but the gum alien was stretched so thin You could see through it, and what they saw through it was the grand gates of the stadium opening and the king and the guards marching through. (coughs) Stop right there, yelled the king. Your little game is over now. Page and Nutkin ran to the rocket sleds, but the guards were quickly gaining on them. Save yourself, said Nutkin.
1: I belong on this planet. You don't. I'll distract them while you fly away.
0: No way, said Page. You're coming with me. Page opened the hatch of a rocket sled, but Nutkin hesitated. The gum alien surprised them both by speaking up. You know, you guys have folded me, twisted me, climbed on me, whipped me around, stretched me, and flown me, said the gum alien. Forget the Olympics. I haven't had this much fun in years. But there's one more thing I can do that you don't know about." Page and Nutkin looked at each other. The gum alien, as wide as a house and as thin as a butterfly's wing, began to roll itself up, pull itself in, and contract and contract, and it was smaller and then smaller and smaller until it was tiny. Actually, the size of a piece of bubblegum. The king and the guards were now just a few steps away from Page and Nutkin. "'What's happening?' said Page. What are you going to do? This, said the gum alien, and (laughs) the king, the guards, everyone but Paige and Nutkin were covered in globs of pink goop. Half of them were lying on the ground, covered in the stuff, as though trapped in a net. Others were trying to pry the alien goo off their faces so they could see. A trumpet alien tried to sound off, but a piece of gum alien had flown into its horn. Paige and Nutkin were essentially fine, with just a few tiny pieces on them. Oh no, said Paige. It didn't. I mean, it couldn't have blown itself up. No, how could it? I'm fine, said a little piece of gum alien stuck to Paige's helmet.
1: I'll piece myself together eventually. Just, you know... Please don't take me up to your space station so I can rejoin the rest of me.
0: Paige and Nutkin wiped themselves off, and then Paige jumped into the rocket, Nutkin in her lap, and shut the hatch. OK, she said to Nutkin, to the Marlow we go. If you thought this was weird, wait until you meet the protofessor. Okay, I am here with my editor and son, Griffin Messenger. Griffin, what did you think of that episode? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, we've settled into a rhythm of pretty good now, I think, right? Yeah. So what's gonna what's it going to take to get back up above pretty good?
2: Oh, like um, uh, episode where there's a big battle.
0: Oh, you want a big battle. Okay. All right, well, that's good to know. All right, so what questions or thoughts did you have about this episode?
2: I wonder if we should... Actually, give the explorer should actually give back the amulet.
0: Whether the explorer should give the king the amulet again? Yeah. What do you think they should do?
2: I'd rather have them abandon on Saffrite's in Saffrite's magma stomach, and a little lava aliens start throwing fireballs at them.
0: <laughs> okay, so you want you want them to bring it to Saffrite, have Saffrite swallow it, and then have the lava creatures from inside. Saffrite throw fireballs at the amulet? Yeah. Because now Paige is safe, right? And they don't need to return the amulet to the king necessarily. Yeah. This is a good quandary, right? Because Finn, his whole quest is to rescue Paige, but it looks like Paige is going to get away.
2: Yep. And if the moon creatures start throwing moon rocks at them.
0: Well, we shall see in a future episode of... Nope. The Alien Avengers. Nope. Of... Nope. Finn.
2: Nope. Caspian Nope.
0: All right, so any other questions or thoughts about this episode?
2: Yeah, I'm wondering what ever happened to Voltronics. <laughs> we still haven't heard from him.
0: I know, I, I I am being derelict as your underling in this show. Uh, you have requested the Voltronics episode a couple times and it hasn't been produced yet. Yep. All right, well, I'm going to get to work on it right after this one publishes, Okay.
2: Okay. And that'll be in sixty-six days, probably.
0: <laughs> sixty-six days. No, hopefully fewer than six days. Okay, so is that it for questions? Yep. Yeah. Alright. And then let's get into our art. Art
2: art time. Entry, entry, entry.
0: <laughs> all right. First up we have Ben, who is five, from New Jersey, who drew this really cool drawing of all this art hanging on the wall. And Bebop, it looks like Bebop is trying to maybe get at that art. And it warns us, make sure you put the art upstairs so Bebop can't get his hands on it. (laughs) So thanks so much for that, Ben.
2: And that is awesome.
0: And then we have a drawing from Danny, who is six, from Telford, Pennsylvania. And Danny did a really cool drawing of Elias caught in the spider web in Saffright's stomach. Really cool. Thank you so much for that, Danny.
2: Awesome.
0: And then Nathan, who is five, from North Carolina, did a really cool drawing of the Milky Way for us. Really colorful. Thanks so much for that. Awesome. And then Boone from in Idaho, drew us a couple of really cool drawings of robots. Thanks so much for those, Boone. And Ridley, who is seven from Walnut Creek, California, he drew a Bebop wanted poster. <laughs> it says wanted Bebop for eating $100 million Picasso. <laughs> finally, finally, someone has taken my side in my battle with Bebop. Thank you so much, Ridley, for that one. And then Celeste, who is nine from Salome Springs, Arkansas, and Drake, her brother, who is seven, they drew us a couple of cool things. They drew us a really cool picture of Saffrite. and Celeste drew a really cool drawing of the Bob creatures and Elias getting caught by a spider. So thanks so much to Celeste and Drake. And then Claire, who is six from Auburn, California, drew a whole lot of really awesome stuff. She drew a really cool picture of Saffrite. She drew a really nice picture of Bebop yelling, ART! She drew a really cool picture of Bob Monster. And then maybe my favorite one, if I could pick a favorite, is her drawing of the Explorer Pod, which is really, really cool. So thanks so much to Claire for all that art. And then we got some drawings from Reed, who is six, who drew another really awesome drawing of Elias being caught in the spider web. And then another one who I think is maybe a robot, but that one's really cool, Reed. Thank you for that. And then Nava, his sister, she's nine years old, and she drew Bebop with his masterpiece. And it's a really cool drawing of Bebop. He's got a little hat on the side and a mustache. He looks really fancy. So Bebop will be excited about that because he likes to dress up for sure. So thanks so much to our artists, everybody who sent it in. If you want to see that art, of course, go to fincaspian.com and then follow us on Instagram. We're fincaspian on Instagram, and you can find a lot of the art there as well. Thanks. Okay, so what's next, Griff? Jokes. (laughs) Jokes. <laughs> All right.
2: Joke time! Joke time! Joke, 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 joke time!
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So for our first joke, it's actually one that was not recorded for us. It was emailed into us from Ben from New Jersey, and his joke is, "Who serves the food at the Star Wars restaurant?" I don't know. Dark waiter. <laughs> 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 That's a pretty good one. Thank you so much to Ben for that one. And then we have a joke from Gabriel, who's six from Madison, Wisconsin.
2: My name is Gabriel, and I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, and here's my joke. What does a cat say when he's approaching the Milky Way? I wish I could eat it. Get it? Because um he likes milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Gabriel. That's a great one. And now here's a joke from Adam from Chicago.
2: Hello. My name is Adam Curry, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and here's my joke. Why did the smart alien need an umbrella? Because he had a brainstorm.
0: <laughs> that is a good one. Thank you, Adam. Thank you to everybody for sending in their art and their jokes this week. Once again, no thanks for the pranks that you sent in. I don't know what Bebop has in mind for the rest of those pranks. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, Griff. Well, you have taken me to task for a lack of Voltronics episode. We've talked about this past episode, and we've done the art and the jokes, Anything else you want to talk about today? No. All right. Well, we're done recording. What are we reading now?
2: The Wild Robot.
0: That's right. We're we're closing in on the end of the Wild Robot. How are you liking it? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, thanks so much, Griff. You want to say bye to everybody? Bye, bye, bye. All right. Bye,
2: buddy. <laughs>
0: Okay, thanks for coming back and having some more fun with us this week and thanks to everyone who has sent in their art their ideas their jokes their sounds and even more pranks bebop is really loving those even if i am not so thanks for sending them i guess and shout outs this week to ben danny nathan boone ridley drake celeste and reed for the art and ben gabriel and adam for the jokes the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a type drawer media production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger. with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg. Recently voted the nicest human in the Milky Way. For more information about the music, the art, everything about this show, check out the show notes and see all the art mentioned this week at FinnCaspian.com or on our Instagram. And thanks, as always, for sending in everything you sent in, except for the pranks. No thanks for the pranks. Bye everybody.
1: All the thanks for the
0: press. Hi, it's me Jess. This is a message for all the 6 minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the 6 minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something, a box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago, and it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.